Welcome to Talking the Groove, and this week uh, we are talking the groove with Cleveland Watkiss. Cleveland Watkiss is a founder member of the uh, Jazz Warriors in the 1980s, working alongside such people as Gary Crosby, Orphe Robinson, and Courtney Pine. Um, more than just a jazz singer, though. He was also heavily involved in the drum and bass scene and was the MC on uh, Goldie's Metalheads uh, Monday nights at the uh, the bass clef or the blue note. And, um, well, now is um, on the eve of a tour to promote his album released this week, uh, The Great Jamaican Songbook, Volume 1. Um, I spoke to uh, Cleveland um, actually the day before he was due to do a concert of uh, Duke Ellington's music and uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, pigeonholing Cleveland Watkiss into any genre of music is a big big mistake but one thing we can definitely definitely say and this fits nicely with the ethos of the return of the illicit groove is that Cleveland Watkins embodies everything that is just brilliant and inventive and innovative about black music. Let's take a little listen to one of the tracks from the great Jamaican songbook and then we'll talk to him. Take it so rough. Easy, brethren, easy. Babylon, too tough. Them I walk, them I loot, them I shoot. Babylon, them I brood. Them I walk, them I loot, them I shoot. But we know evil by the roots. Easy, not too easy. Don't take it so rough, yeah. Easy, brethren, easy. Babylon too tough. Them a walk, them a loot, them a shoot. Babylon, them a brood. Them a walk, them a loot, them a shoot. But we know we will by the roots. Easy, not too easy. Don't take it so rough. Easy, brethren, easy. Babylon too tough. Babylon too tough. Why has Jamaican music been so influential worldwide? I mean, it's um, you can go anywhere and hear Jamaican music anywhere in the world, and I just wonder what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I mean, when you think of like a little tiny island in uh, in uh, in the Caribbean. And you think about the influences and the impact that it's had across the world. Well, not just in music, but in, in fashion, cuisine, you know, mm-hmm. art. I mean, right across the board, it's, it's, it's quite, it is quite phenomenal. And what is it down to? Well, I don't know. I mean, it's, 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 there's something about the peoples that were brought to that island from, uh, from Africa, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, 
and there, 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 there's something about there's something about the people, you know. There's something about there's a resilience, you know. There's there's a, also a, a deep kind of connection and spirituality to the motherland. It's always been there ever since um, they were brought there. Um, you know, they've held on to their a lot of the customs and traditions, you know, especially with the Rastafarian faith. Mm. Uh, which leans very much on on, on the, the, the African uh, understanding and rituals and, and, and uh, kind of griot teaching, um, and I think also it's to do with its proximity as well. Maybe you know the fact that uh, the influence as well of other um, you know just the melting pot there. Um, you know, coming coming out of Africa. I always think about it like this, you know, like when the slave ships left West Africa, the, the first stop was the Caribbean before the ships got to uh, New Orleans. Because we talk about New Orleans as the birthplace of jazz. Mm-hmm. But when you look at the journey, the first stop was the Caribbean. And New Orleans and Caribbean, you know, it's, it's part of the same, uh, very, very close as well, very similar. But we're talking pre-recording era. So what was that? What was going on in that vicinity before the folks got to New Orleans? Mm. Because, you know, and then you, and then you look at what Duke Ellington said, you know, Duke Ellington, Duke Ellington's early bands, they were full of Caribbean, uh, artists. Okay. They were in his band in the twenties. Tw- yeah, a lot of people don't even realize that. No, I didn't know they that. Were, yeah, and Duke Ellington actually said this quote. I always love to, to run this quote because it's real. It's really important to what we're talking about here. Um, in his book, uh, Music is My Mistress, Duke Ellington said this. He said, uh, he said, Quote, before the ingredients of jazz came to New Orleans, it made its presence felt in the West Indies. That ingredient, or a major part of it, came with these people who were brought, brought to the West Indies. Duke went on to say that when you ask a West Indian to play jazz, he plays what he thinks is jazz. He said, Tricky Stan Nansen and his people from the West Indies were followers of Marcus Garvey and Bebop. It's the Marcus Garvey of jazz. Oh wow! So yeah, this is, this is Duke Ellington speaking. So you know, again, you know, you're, you're looking at, um, uh, you know, the, the the Marcus Garvey, who was probably one of the greatest leaders that came out of the African diaspora, uh, of the Caribbean, greatest black leaders that came out, and so I think, I think, uh, I think that. It's it's all connected with how um, Jamaicans uh, think and carry themselves, and also how how deeply rooted they are in in um, in their um, in their understanding of who they are. Because you know, you think about uh, the music, especially the music that influenced me, especially for this album, the music that came out in the seventies. 
um, which is kind of the focus of this album. Um, you know, the artists that came out that was what they were singing about, like for instance, Burning Spear. You know, Winston Rodney and Burning Spear. You know, he's singing about people like Marcus Garvey, Paul Bogle. He's thinking about you know just the whole conflict with, with war, wars and you know just the the plight of of, of of black Africans. You know, and and a lot of the artists, Gregory Isaacs was doing it. Dennis Brown was singing about it. Alton, all the great uh, singers from Jamaica in the 70s was highly political, mm. you know, and sung, and sung about revolution. I mean, the, the Whalers, Bob, you know, you know, just the whole um, get up, stand up, stand up for your right. People tosh, you know, the list goes on, you know. So uh, that, that's the music that really birthed me mm. and my love for, um, uh, initial love for music was based on, uh, 70s growing up as a teenager so that was the first music that really inspired me to want to be a musician and a singer and a writer um, and, um, and 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 I followed that line through you know I, I went back and tried to understand some of the histories like where who were their who were their influences mm. you know who was Dennis Brown's influences you know who was you know then he started talking about Stan Cook and Nat King Cole who are these people I went back there, discovered them, you know, then I discovered the whole jazz tradition and, 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 the, and the whole history around the jazz and blues and bebop and, you know, and just understanding that the whole continuum of, of, of black music that, that came initially out of Africa and spread around the world and, and, and in all the different tiny Brazilian music, Cuban music, you know, it's all different branches of the same tree, mm. I like to think of it that way, you know. So yeah, so why 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 is this why is this tiny island in the Caribbean that brings forth you know birth of hip hop came out of uh, sound system culture in 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 um, in, in Jamaica in Kingston Jamaica. Mm. So, yeah, because Cool Herc was uh, Jamaican, wasn't he? Cool Herc, exactly. Yeah, mm. you know, um, um, big 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 Biggie Biggie was uh, was parents of Jamaican as well. Right, Buster Ryan. I mean, you know, all the great rappers from the states, they all have links to Caribbean, Jamaica in particular. Hmm. So it, it, it's mighty, it's mighty. I mean, you know, you probably need to do a PhD on that, all that, you know, hmm. and, and the history of all that stuff. Maybe I should do that. Yeah, well, it would make sense. Uh, yeah. I mean, so, um, it's interesting hmm. what you're saying about uh, the, the griot culture and the griot tradition. Um, mm. links very nicely with the the very political lyrics of people, the people that you're talking about in the uh, with the seventies reggae, and mm. um, it's sometimes very easy to say, "Oh, the griot thing is storytelling," but it's so much more than that. It's, it's very political. It's very current affairs, isn't it? It's it, it, absolutely because just <laughs> the, the thing, you know, the, the griots would be singing about they'll be talking about the moment. Mm. The way the birds are flying east at that moment, and there'll be stories about how you know why they migrate. You know, just talking about current events, and that's what great storytelling is about. It's about the moment. Mm. It's about sharing, sharing that moment, and making it, and making the making the, the whoever you're telling it to feel part of that story. Mm. I mean, that's 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 what I love about songs. And I love about performance because it's 
it's all about what's happening right there and then and how we interact and connect with whoever's listening and it's and it's one big family it's like we're sharing it's a share it's a it's a it's a it's a gathering it's a party it's a it's a celebration it's a it's a giving it's a you know it's all these things you know it's community it's, Mm. You know, a group, a group of musicians. It's a community, you know, and then you bring that community to different parts of the world. You know, that's that's one of the things I really love about performing. I would say, you know, just being able to share your stories with other people and, mm. and listen to their stories too. You know, when when you're able to stay in a place for a time and you get to know um, uh, a people, mm. it changes a lot of things for you. It takes it changes your perspective in so many ways. Because we we're fed so many things about oh these people are this and these people are that and until you know they're human beings everyone everyone's different you know everyone's born unique mm. and different so you can't you can't just you know monolithically just say yeah these people are like that no individuals are like that mm. you know uh, you know okay yeah there are cultural cultural aspects you know. People like a certain food or mm. a dress or a certain way of dressing, but fundamentally, we're all part of the same human race. You know, mm, mm. when 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 are we going to get to that place? You know, in this society, you know, in this world where we recognise that we're all part of the same family, you know, and not and not yeah, we 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 have these cultural differences, of course we do, because we all live in different parts of 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 this planet, mm. but ultimately. <laughs> You know, a spider over there is a spider over there. Yeah. 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 Well, spiders have all got eight legs, whatever they look like. <laughs> so it's, um, I don't know, man. It's, 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 you know, we're in 2020 and we're still talking about wars and, uh, you know, uh, you know, there'd, there'd be great artists were singing about all this stuff 40, 50 years ago and what's changed? Mm -hmm. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. That's right. Well, it's like the, you know, that the French song, expression, plus a change, you know, everything changes, everything stays the same. Yeah, the more things change, the more they stay the same, yeah. you know, and here we are, you know. It, 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 yeah. it, it, it's sad in a lot of ways, you know. You, 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 you know. And then when you speak to some people, they say, yeah, but we've moved on. But where have we moved on? Mm. Where? Mm. I don't see it anymore. I really don't see it. Mm. Mm. You know, I, I'm dealing with the same stuff that I'm, I was dealing with as a teenager in, in terms of in society. You know, just nothing's changed. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and hence the need, I guess, for the ability to express that with songs, uh, with music. Yeah. And it's that, you know, I get, you know, to put it in a, maybe I'm naive saying this, but by putting it in, giving yourself a voice, anyone who can mm. give themselves a voice, uh, well, it's going to be out of, there's going to be some catharsis there at the very least. We all have a voice, and it's it's really um, it's really how it's really music is music is like a tonic, you know. It's not it's not the answer. I mean, some people got to say, oh, music is the answer. If music was the answer, we would have solved all the problems a long time ago. Mm. Music's been around forever. Mm. Come on. Mm. Music's not going to do that. You know, what's going to do that is, 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 is a change of heart. 
mm. a change of mind. Music's not going to do music. Music is like a tonic. It's, it's like a medicine. It's like a healer. Mm. It's like a bar. It gives you it gives you respite from all the rubbish that goes on in in the world. You put on your favorite song and voila, you're in that zone again with the music. Mm. But it's not the answer. It's not the answer. Come on, it's not. Mm. That's a that's a that's a that's a fallacy. That's a you know, it's not. It it it, it, it we we know the power of music to transform. You know, to transform. But it's not. If it was the answer to everything, well, why are we still here? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, is my question. Yeah. yeah, no, I take your point very, very clearly. Though, yeah, it's um, yes, it's changing mindsets. Music can help do that, but it can't do it on its own. No, it, it, definitely on the, on the individual. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, when you came to choosing the um, tracks for the album. Uh, and I note that it is Volume One, the Great Jamaican Songbook, Volume One. So I'm assuming that there was a few left over that could be for Volume Two. Um, I, I, it's the pro. I'm fascinated by the process of how you decided which tracks to use. Uh, it's an often asked question. It, it really is, and, and I get it because anyone that's a athlete, Canada, a fan of reggae music, is going to go, if you take a look at that list and go, go, why these songs? Why not this? Why not that? Why not this one? So the simple answer really is that um, I chose initially, when when the project came, started to give, was given birth, and that was given birth through a conversation I had with Alfie Robinson. Right. Um, our vibraphone player and uh, yeah. uh, keyboard player in the band. And I don't know, maybe about 10 years ago, I, I was having on and off conversations with him about me wanting to do a project uh, that went back kind of to my roots and just gave reverence and honor to the music that I grew up listening to. Uh, and on and off, I'll have these conversations with Orphe, you know, man. I really want to do something, but I just don't want to do anything. I want to do something that's really... And all of a sudden, he just came out of it. He said, he said, Cleveland, you need to sing the great Jamaican songbook. Mm. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, 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 light came on. It just, it just gave birth to... Um, it, 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 it said everything that it needed to say mm. in, in, that, in, that, in that statement, in that title. The great... I mean... I'm known for singing the great American songbook. You know, jazz is a big backbone of what I I studied and and, and listened and recorded mm. for many years. In fact, I'm doing some of the that music tomorrow. I'm doing a Duke Ellington concert in Norwich tomorrow. Um, but the great Jamaican songbook was just like, oh my gosh, of course, the great. I mean, the trajectory of, of tunes that that that, that I know. Uh, that I heard my father playing even when I was a child uh, growing up, scar movement when, when my dad was around. And um, so anyway, so it was really simple for me because initially I just started to think about the songs that I used to hear in the club when I, you know, when I used to go to the the clubs in in Hackney, and I used to go to the sound system rooms, and I, and, and I was a uh, I had my own sound system as well, and I used to collect a lot of um, records around the early mid seventies. 
and um, and going to these buying these records and also but more importantly going to to listen to Fat Man Sound System or Shaka Sound System to suffer um, all these different sound systems that were around the UK, particularly London where I live, East London, was um, a heavy, heavy influence on me and a lot of those songs stayed with me. You know, um, so for instance, Joy in the Morning by Bobby Melody is the tune that I remember hearing Fat Man play in, in, in uh, club, a club called Phoebe. Uh, he used to have a residency on a Friday night. And I remember it was like, it, I couldn't, we couldn't wait to get out of school the weekend because it was raving time. You know, you're going to go, you're going to go and see Fat Man's Hi-Fi on, on Friday night, you know, Phoebe's or Saturday. Or, you know, you're going to go and listen to some sound clash. You're going to hear some new pre-releases and dub music, you know, the specials that Fat Man had. So, so a lot of these songs that, uh, songs that I heard, um, when I was out, Raising to the, the sound systems, so 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 it's really easy. So I had so okay. So I I had maybe twenty twenty five songs that we had have in our set. Then when it came down to whittling it down and, and choosing ten songs, that became easy as well. So I just went that one, 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 that one. Those those songs because they got the horns in them, and we're going to have horns on the album. So we use that one, that one. It's really this is really easy process. Um, in terms of the canon, volume one, two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, yeah. Ten, 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 ten. yeah. I mean, hey, it's it, it's huge and it's vast. You know, we're only touching, we're only scratching the surface here. You know, with these with these songs, because we're we're talking, you know, we're talking about a, a particular period, as I say, you know, mid early to mid seventies. Uh, yeah. It, 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 I, it, I'm fascinated by what you just said there, where you said that it kind of became obvious which ones should, you know, to whittle it down at 10, it became easy. I guess that there must be just some, sometimes you just think, yeah, that's the right one. It just feels right. Yeah, it's the instinct, you know. I mean, you know, there's some, there's some tunes, there's some Johnny Clark tunes that we have in the set. And, Johnny Clark, <laughs> I've got, I've got, there's some of his songs that, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Peter Tosh, some of his songs I'm going to record, you know? Yeah. So that's for another time, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, you know, this is, this is Jamaican folk music. Mm. It's now, this, this is what it is. It's, it's, it's Jamaican folk music and it should be, it should be celebrated. It should be uh, it should be lifted up on high. Mm. It should be uh, you know more you know more people should hear. I mean, what's really what's really interesting for me was when we did our first gig. We did our first gig in um, 2018, I think it was, in a church uh, over in South London called the Crypt um, Basement, and. Um, it's a small, smallish type of place. Really nice, really nice uh, venue and space. But what was really fascinating was the mixture of predominantly young people were there, mm. and they knew the words. They were singing along to some of the songs, right. some of the Johnny Clark songs that I was doing. Some of the 
other tunes. And I, I, I was, I was like, what? But you're not more than you're not even 25. You don't look 25 years old. How? That really fascinated me. It just made me realize that, you know, people know this. Young people know this stuff. Mm. It must be through their parents. Yeah, or just, or just the way we are with the internet. They can just find things that they like. Yeah, it's all there. It's easy access. They knew, so I was really taken by that. You know, just wow, this thing <laughs> to these songs. You know, the Bernie Spears songs. I was like, wow, mm. amazing. So, so you know, so again, I mean, it's, it's, it's to me, it's, it's it's celebrating this great art. And, and and keeping it, or you know, put it on the highest platform that it should be on, you know, mm. that, that exists, that it should be there. Mm. You know, it should be in, it should be in all concert halls. It should be in all music programs. You know, it should. <laughs> it's, it's music is just, you know, it's so undervalued in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, it's so undervalued in a lot of ways, and I just feel the need. You know, when I think about how uh, Jamaicans would be treated by this government in this country as well, the whole wind rush, wind rush down there, you know, it makes you really want to go back and say, you know what? We, our contribution, especially in this country, is so it's so deep, you can't even, you can't separate it anymore because of the whole colonialism and slavery mm. it's so our, our culture is so intertwined so this whole idea is that you're going to send jamaicans back back to where mm. they this is this is they were born here some of these people you're talking about mm. they don't know jamaica mm. you know i went there and i didn't i didn't you know this <laughs> is the thing when you go to jamaica as an english person an english uh, 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 uh you know um, a black english caribbean person they know straight away where you're from mm. just by the way you walk you don't even have to say a word you just walk and they, they, they're like oh he's from new orleans or mm. he's from england or he's from just where you walk you don't have to say a word i've stood there with the guys on the beach and i've seen them do it you know it's so, it's so, uh, I don't know where I'm going with all this, this bit of this conversation, but I guess it's all, it's all linked to celebrating this art form and this music and raising it on high. And that's what, that's what my aim is to do with this project is like to, to, um, mm. rekindle some of this great, this great music and, and these great tunes and, and, and you know, have, Go 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 back to that joy, man, that I had uh, that I remember when I was a teenager, mm, mm. And, and, and hearing these songs for the first time. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, it's, 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 as I say, it's music is music is healing, and it's it's um, a respite from all the other stuff that we have to deal with in this world. Black music, and you've said this before, actually. About I've read. That you've said it's accessible to white people. White people can make it, but it is black music, and uh, I th I think that that, as much as anything else, is the absolute concrete contribution that black people have certainly made 
to the UK and Europe in general. And, and, and that's why when I see people such as yourself making albums and calling it, I mean, that's a brilliant title that Orphe Robinson gave it, The Great Jamaican Songbook, is, um, it's, in, it's interesting, it's fascinating, but it's also clearly very, very important because it, it reminds people where things have come from. Well, this is this is uh, this is a conversation. I had a conversation with Giles Peterson about this, quite a heated one, uh, online about you know what we what we call in this music today, and this, or what should we call it today? Mm. And I'm just like, well, why don't we call it what it is? It's black music. Mm-hmm. It's from a people. Um, if you don't, a lot of these kids coming up today, if they if they if they don't understand it or they don't hear it from the likes of you, Charles Peterson, then they 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 you're you're gonna you're gonna um what's the word I'm looking for? You you're gonna they're gonna think that it became maybe come from you, Joe. Mm. <laughs> you know, because you're trying to rename it. Mm. You know, when you rename it then you're you're trying to claim it. Mm. Mm. And it's like, well no, 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 this is this is black music. This comes from a culture of people. You know, and, and everyone needs to understand that. Mm. And, you know, you can't, you, you couldn't go into Indian classical music and start naming and claiming their music mm-hmm. or Turkish music or, or Jewish music. You couldn't, who's going to allow that? Mm. So why do, why do people still think today that they, they can claim ownership and, and, and re, reinvent titles of, of our music? Do you claim and call it black music? Mm-hmm. We never, we never invented the term jazz. Mm. That never come from black people. That come from a derogatory term. Yeah. Uh, 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 for, 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 for the music, jazz, and you know, just all this. It's like this is this is this is <laughs> this music is high art. This is some of the highest art in the world on the planet. Mm. Mm. You know, G. Kellington's music, Thelonious Monk's music, Bob Marley's music, uh, the Peter Tosh's music, Johnny Clark's music. Bernie Spears' music, you know, uh, Max Roach's music, Elephant's Joe. I mean, come on, this is this is this is serious, serious high art mm. we're talking about. Yeah, well, Nina Simone, you know, on, on, but yet we're still dealing with. Sorry, sorry, sorry. To, I was Matthew, just going to say, Nina Simone called it black, cl- black Nina classical Simone, music. Nina, exactly, you know, this, you know, we're still fighting for it for the respectability mm. of this music. You know, oh, you know, oh, yeah, no, no, just put it in the in the little club. But no, it's not, it's not. And it's like, no, this this is high art. Yeah, the highest. If you want to go there. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not, or, or, or it's on it's on the same level as, as European classical music. Come on, mm. just the snobbery and the and the and the and the and the, 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 the bigots and the it's it's still there. It's still it's still in the society. It's still, you know. You go to a classical uh, a classical concert uh, today. I don't know the in uh, uh, what's the place in the Covent Garden um, Opera House. Uh-huh. The Opera House, right? Covent Garden. I remember going there for the first time. I went to see something, and the looks that I got when I went, in there, I went to see something. I can't remember what. But you know, you just you just see people looking at you like, what What are you doing? That what are you doing here? Look. Yeah. Are you lost? Are you lost? You know, uh, uh, are you the janitor? You know, mm. do you, you know, 
Mm. <laughs> you know, and it's still going on today. You know, and ah, it 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 we're still we're still in that zone. You know, you know we're still. Uh, and the reason and the reason this goes on, I feel, is that we still don't have people of color in the positions of real power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially on these boards, you know, on these. On these big boards, you know, these big uh, 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 conglomerates and, 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 and um, industries and, and whatnot. If there's no people that look like me on the boards, what's going to change? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so until that, well, there you go, until, you know, Bob said until, you know, until the philosophy that holds one race superior. And another, MCU, you know, mm. is finally and permanently abandoned until. Yeah. Now, that's it. You summed it up for me there. It's, uh, I mean, I, I know it's very different, but I have, I've always had the same feelings about Every nearly every job I've ever gone into, everybody interviewing me has been middle class, um, and I and I've often thought, well, where are the working class people on the boards? And so I totally get that. Where are the black people on the boards? Where are the Asian people on the boards? Why is there? Why do you get to a certain level and then it looks like you've picked everybody from the same school? <laughs> You know, so so you know we're 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 in the same place. You know, mm. you know, you know, it, you know. People are good at camouflaging things. Mm. You know, and putting in people, putting people in positions that might not look like them, but think like them. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying. Oh, I totally understand what you say. <laughs> you know, yeah. so we get a lot of that stuff. Oh, but look at Pritchard Patel. She's Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Look at this one. You know, look at that. Well, look, we've got we've got people of color in uh, in positions. No, you haven't. You've got the same thinking people as you. Yeah. In those places. Yeah. That's what you've done. You found those people that think like you, and you put them there. We're not stupid. Mm. Mm. We're not silly. You know, I don't know what you've done to them. Yeah. Have you inject something in their brains, or you? You know, just just shifted the brain waves around to think to your thinking with these people. Mm. I've done something. Yeah. Well, well, they're never they're never going to put Chuck D in there, are they? <laughs> you know, well, there you, go. Yeah. Yeah. you know that's the that's the <laughs> thing. Is is you know, it's it's like you say, it's one thing to have people that look like you, but if they still think like them, nothing changes. Nothing changes. Yeah, and that's what that's what we get all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we get, puppets. We get mm. puppets all the time. It, That's all we get. And it must be very wearing and very tiring to have to point that very out. Tiring. To have to, to have to point that out. Very, 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 very tiring. Especially when these people get into these places, like people like Tony Sewell. Sorry, I'm going to call his name out. Yeah, well, that's you who know, I was thinking um, of. <laughs> you know, when you get when you get people like like that move in these big high places, and they just talk the same garbage as. As the, as the as the present, mm. and it's just like oh oh we're back to the same place. Yeah. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. 
Well, yeah, when that report came out, I have to say, I just just thought, is there a non-fiction version of this anywhere? Uh, It's it's, it's, um, it's one step forward, ten step back. uh, Well, this actually leads nicely, and I I wanted to talk about the tour as well. Uh, I've got a few... Hmm couple of questions about that but I guess one of the things I mean you're going to be coming to where I live I live in Bournemouth so you're going to be yeah. coming to Paul and uh generally speaking um you're probably going to be playing in towns like that you're going to be playing to mainly white audiences mm-hmm. and uh I just wondered is there um like do, do, is there a sense that you want people to learn from your gigs um, to be able to think a bit more, I think so. I think that you know the the the, the discovery, you know, is that um, if if somebody because you know you, you you hear this story all the time, you hear I don't like jazz, but I like what you do. Yeah, right. I don't like reggae music, but I like what you do. So you know, I think we're in a time where the idea of genre is a, is a lot more blurred mm. uh, um, for, especially for younger people, you know. Um, people like what they like today. They go on all these platforms, YouTube, Apple Music, and, that, mm. and they find the things that they like and the sounds that they like. And people like what they like. Mm. Yeah, and I guess you know the hope is that they hear what we do. They go and buy the new CD. They go and discover some of the original artists. Some who are no longer here, and 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 their appreciation for the music, probably even more so, the culture uh, becomes more um, magnified for them. You know. Um, and that's that's it, you know. It's, it's it's really it's really an exchange because it, I don't I don't know cool. I don't know people cool to say. Mm. I've never been around the town. I don't recall. But um, it's um, everything is energy in it. So you're bringing they're bringing their energy and I'm bringing my energy, and there's there's some kind of uh, exchange or 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 meeting point with it, yeah. you know. And that's that's really that's that's what really it is. And, and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who's who's coming to your gigs. I mean, you know, it's 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 it's, it's for whoever will yeah. music, isn't it? It's for whoever, you know, it's for whoever whoever will, you know. Mm. Mm. And as I say, you know, you have you do have. Hopefully, there'll be people to say, "Oh, I don't like reggae music," but their mates going to drag them along. Yeah, and they're going to be like, and then they go, "Oh, I like this." <laughs> yeah. Yes, go. Yeah. Oh, and, <laughs> you know, um, I like, yeah, I like that. yeah. And that's it. It's like, you well, know. what you going back to something you just just said about exchange. Uh, there is something quite magical, I think, about cultural exchange. Um, there's sometimes can be a thin line between cultural exchange and cultural appropriation, but working on the basis that that it's going to be a cultural exchange, people turning up to events and seeing things that they've ne- never seen or heard before. 
and then having a go themselves and bringing their own things to it is really how art and culture evolves anyway. And exactly. and, and that's why, you know, like it's, um, that's why I asked the question about, you know, like dealing with mainly white audiences, is, is there's going to be that element of exchange, like you said, and if it means they go out and check out who, who, who Dennis Brown is, because they've heard a De- you do a Dennis Brown song, that's going to be, that's a good thing. It's, it's, it's a great thing. And it, it, it is, when you think about, when you think about, well, I guess, you know, I've had, I've had that opportunity and, and, and taken that initiative to explore different, all different, a lot of different types of uh, music from around the world, um, whether it's Brazilian music or, you know, uh, say jazz, reggae, classical music, um, you know, different types of folk music. Um, it's it, it's all. It just gives you a. It gives you a broader palette, doesn't it? it gives you as an artist, as myself, it gives me a broader palette to mm. paint from. Yeah. You know, and it gives me a deeper understanding of. You know, I've spent a lot of time in Russia, and I've spent a lot of time in um. In in Ukraine, and I've spent a lot of time in Belarus. Uh, I've spent. Uh, time in, in, in a lot of these eastern uh, countries and um again they're, they're, they're on on the surface there's nothing different to anywhere else you know yeah. you still you still see racism <laughs> you still see bigots but at the same time you still see nice people as well yeah you know you know that you know we can't paint everyone with the same brush that's just silly nah. that's just ignorant that's just people that are just you know, they've they they they've never moved out of their little bubble. You know? mm-hmm. They've never been. The only time they go abroad is to Spain, maybe. Yeah, you know? yeah. They've been there like yeah. five hundred times, you know. Yeah. And that's it. You know, they've never been to. They've never been to the Caribbean, maybe. Never been to Africa. They've never been to Brazil. Or never, you know. And all they ever get, all they ever see, is what they see on the TV or from their mates or hear from their mates. Yeah. So they, you know, so they're just they're tainted. They're 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 understanding and their idea about a particular culture is based on, I don't know, what they see on, on the mainstream news or what they read in the Daily Mail or, mm-hmm. or the Sun newspaper. Or <laughs> yeah. Well, if your, world, if your worldview is restricted to stereotypes and archetypes, it's a very restricted worldview, isn't it? Well, you know, it's, it's, a, sad, it's a sad existence, right? And again, I guess that's where art and culture and music can chip away at that restricted view, can make it just yeah. move a little bit wider, a little bit broader. Yeah. Which is, for me, yeah. that's the importance of it. It is, it is, it is, it is the important thing. And, and um, you know, it's almost like there's a kickback in this country from that. Yeah. You know, when you think about what happened, you know, Brexit, and, mm. you know, just, just looking at how, um, you know, everything that's happened to, with, with COVID as well. Yeah. I don't know where that's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost yeah. like, yeah. It's just like disappeared now. Yeah, it's put his feet up. <laughs> yeah. It's having a cup of tea. up, you know. So, yeah. yeah. So, 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 yeah. I mean, I think, I think it is, you know, having having music in your life and having uh, uh, having 
experience of going to see uh, various artists from different various cultures. I mean, I remember, I remember going to see an Indian classical artist, a Hackney Empire. I'll never forget, I, I opened up the local newspaper and there was this artist called Abadab Praveen. Mm -hmm. I never heard of her before, ever. And they said, she's performing the Hackney Empire today and she's doing, you know, these Indian classical songs deserve and, and other names that I didn't know or understand. I thought to myself, you know what, I'm actually going to go and see this just for the experience. You know, I just, I just want, I've never been to an Indian classical concert before. And here it was happening on my doorstep. And I thought, right, I went there. And I went there. And it was, it was, it was, <laughs> it was one of the most mind blowing things I've ever seen in my life. Because I've seen things that I've never seen at a concert before. People were put, putting money on the stage. All right. All right. And, they kept, and they could come in. They could come in and give putting money on the stage. I said, like, huh? "What's going on?" You know, and 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 then I was listening to her voice and her Abadab Praveen. She's incredible. Her sound is so. You know, actually, it reminds me of. A, it reminds me. It puts me in the same energy uh, as Nina Simone or or um, or Peter Tosh or any of those. You know, uh, Winston Rodney. Any of those singers that have that moan, that mourn when they sing. Oh yeah. Almost yeah. like they're almost like they're they're crying, they're mourning, you know. There's a there's a deepness in the sound. Abu Dhabazin had that. I had the same feeling when I heard her singing. Sare guna jayenge dhul 
You know the the the, the Punjab, the sound, the 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 the, um, the, uh, the tabla mm-hmm. uh, rhythms, um, uh, and just the, the whole kind of rhythmic cycles what they do with numbers and oh, it was just it was just uh, it was just revelation. I just thought, man, if I never if I never experienced that, I, my 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 canvas would be so left there. Yeah, my, my my canvas would be so missing uh, a, a vital ingredient in in the sound world mm. because when I when I when I when I after I heard her and I've been working with a tablet player, a great friend of mine, uh, Talvin Singh, I, my appreciation for that art and that music went to levels, different levels after because I taught myself by myself to just mm. be inquisitive about my 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 conviction about what is this what, what i want i want to know what that is what is mm-hmm. this what is classical music who is this person they're on my doorstep why are they you know so it was yeah so again you know i just think human beings need to need to i don't want to be dictating anything for human beings but i just it's, it's really it's uh there's a there's a there's a, a there's a huge plate of Food out there that you can choose from, you know. And if you just eat, if you're just gonna eat like pizzas every day, you're missing out so much, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's a lovely way of looking at it: is that you're feeding yourself every time you take a new cultural experience or visit a new place, learn a new language, try something different each time. I mean, it's nice to have your routines, but but sometimes to bring new things into that routine is just yeah it is it's like picking from the, the uh, picking from a, a menu isn't it it's it's brilliant and you know and i think that on a certain level that that's what part of our mission here is to you know go out into the world and understand it yeah i mean i guess we're never going to understand all of it but mm-hmm. You know, it's a journey, you know, there's the 70, 60, 70, 80 years that we're here on this planet. Yeah. It's, it's, um, there's so, there's so much, there's so much. It is, it really is a beautiful planet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so on the tour then, uh, I, I know it's almost the same musicians on the album are on the tour. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just wondering how important that was to you to get to sort of almost like get that kind of band feel. Well, it's just it was it was by the grace of the gods or you know the universe that I'm able to have these incredible musicians on the road. Mm. You know? uh, they're all extremely uh, incredible. Uh, artists in their own right. Yeah, yeah. 
to have their own projects to pull out their own music. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you and Orphy go back a long way, don't you? Yeah, we go back to the Warriors days. Well, even before that, because our parents grew up in the same community. So oh, wow. Okay. We, we probably, yeah, we're in, in, in East London and Hackney. So, uh, you know, we our, our paths definitely crossed at some point when we were kids. And well, I know mine definitely did with Delroy, uh, the bass player, because his his father came over to England with my father. Right. I, and I only discovered that recently. My father passed away when I was nine years old. And Daryl's father, who's by the way is um, a, a very important uh, factor in sound system culture in this country, in that he was the go-to person for building your amplifiers. Oh, okay. For the sound system, he built he built a lot of the amplifiers for the sound system around the UK. His name is Metro Metro Downbeat. Right. And my father came over. Uh, here with him so i'm gonna gather all those stories very soon um I, I, i'm really procrastinating on that one but i should really get moving on that because he had so many stories about my dad they were very close apparently uh um and uh so yeah so 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 having you know we have phil ramacon on keyboards he, he played with bob marley mm. Yeah, he played on some of some of the records. You know, we have the drummer, our drummer Carl Robinson, no relation to author directly. But Carl Robinson's originally from Leeds. He played with Gregory Isaac. Right. That's some heritage. Alan Weeks as Alan Weeks as guitarist. I mean, I've got a list as long as my garden with what stuff that he's done um, in terms of um with, with Jamaican artists from Sugar Miner, Johnny Clark, to Dennis Brown, to Alton Ellis. Alan Weeks has played guitar with all of them, all the greats from the from that period of the seventies. Um, uh, so, so the musicians are from you know just in terms of this reggae music, roots music that we are playing. They all have, most of them, the majority of them have like really strong backgrounds in. Not just the only Caribbean and Jamaican music, but music from all over the world. Mm. Byron Wallen, for instance, you know, you know, you know, arguably one of the greatest trumpet players in the world. You know, um, hands down, you know, no, yeah, it's just, you know, he's, he's and, and, and he's writing and his, his uh, projects that he has, that he does, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just phenomenal. Mm. Musicians that, on board and we have some younger musicians that are playing with us as well. We have a young trombone player that's from Julian Joseph's Academy. Um James Wade Setside. Um fantastic uh player on the album, same trombone, young guy. Um that a lot of people are gonna hear from or hearing from uh in the near future. We have Ava Joseph, who's the niece of Julian Joseph. She's been some of the background vocals in Adlib. On the album, uh, she's young, she's only, I think she just turned 19 or 20 now. Ava, um, lovely voice, you know, uh, the, the sound world we're going to be hearing a lot from her. She's an incredible, uh, singer and writer. Um, so, so, you know, we're mixing it up with, uh, uh some of the, uh, younger musicians, uh, on, on this project as well. Um, so it's, it's, um, yeah, I'm just really excited to get back out 
um, on the road with this, with this project. Because I have a lot of fun on the road with these guys as well. You know, it's, uh, it's just how you know, you have, it's a community and it's, it's family and, and you know, you have a lot of fun. Mm. Mm. Um, um, and so, anyway, so the tour starts so April. The tour starts on the tw- no, the tour starts on this month, on next week, a week, a week, no, a week tomorrow. So the t- Saturday the twenty sixth. Oh, so the day after the album's released. Day after the album uh, launch, we're we're doing a, a, a kind of party launch at Bosdale, um over in Canary Wharf on the twenty sixth. Right. Um, which is kind of the album launch, really. Yeah. Um, so that'd be the first date of the tour, Bosdale, Bosdale uh, restaurants over at Canary Wharf in London. And then it's the tour spread out throughout uh, April, May, throughout, throughout throughout the year, really. We're adding dates as we speak. You know, we've added Ronnie Scott's recently. Right. We're doing the, uh, we're doing the, uh, the Blenheim Palace, uh, uh, Blenheim Palace Festival. Um, supporting UB40, Asward, and um, and uh, Matthew Priest. Um, oh wow, that's a that's a bit that's yeah, a that's UK a, reggae aristocracy lineup, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. So so I'm so excited about being on that lineup. Yeah. You know? So we're going to go, you know, as I say, UB40, Matthew Priest, and Aswad, mm. and the Great Jamaican Songbook, mm. and we're going to have yeah, we're going to I'm bringing the full army for that. Uh, that gig with you know backing vocals and horns and, and uh, you have special guest Ayana Wicker Johnson. Oh, brilliant! Is, well, she was the uh, she was the first guest on the Talk in the Groove series. Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Ayana Ayana's joining us for that for our date at Blenheim Palace. There, I'm just saying, oh, brilliant! She's she's just wonderful. She's just such a lovely person as well as being so talented. She is. She is. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, so 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 yeah. So we have dates scattered out throughout the rest of the year, and we're adding dates as we speak. We've got some things abroad coming in as well. Yeah. I'm just really excited to get the album out and just let people hear it and and, and share it and share it and and uh, and, um, and and getting back out performing and singing some of these songs. Pain is getting worse. Oh, yeah. 
duck. I need attention from my nurse around the clock. For she's the only prescription for me. The only one, my only Spectacular, most crazy kind of pain I've never felt in my life. 
Ever, ever, ever fail. 